0: Welcome to The Weekend Booktopian, a podcast about all things book news and the books that we are reading and enjoying. I'm Nick Wasiliev, the social media specialist here at Booktopia, and I'm joined today by our campaign manager, Samantha Joyce. Hi, Sam. Hi, Nick. Our trade product coordinator, Renee Adolson. Hi, Renee. Hey, Nick. And our assistant category manager for nonfiction, Cassandra Sharp. Hi, Cass. Hey, um, so as with all previous episodes, we'll be kicking off by diving into the world of book news, and then we'll be discussing the books that we are reading and enjoying, and then be sure to stick around to the end when my guests will go head to head in a battle for book supremacy that we like to call a book fight. So the only news that we have uh, this particular week was it was recently just announced uh, that a promised land recently topped the Nielsen books, 2020 Christmas book selling lists uh, and making it Australia's number one Christmas book. Um, and a very likely contended to be one of the best sellers uh, for the year for Christmas. Um, Cass, I want to, I want to throw to you for this one because obviously uh, promised land falls within, within your category. Obviously it was always going to be uh, a very big, book um around the with the with the 2020 election happening um and all of the other uh, po- political themes that have, have kind of been emanating around 2020 but has the success of it even surprised uh, you to an extent
1: um i think yes and no as in we always knew obama would be a large book um, but how large was kind of remained to be seen. This year has had so many, like, huge political books, um, but Obama just seems to have really taken the public's heart and, like, run with it. Um, and it's a massive book. It's a doorstop of a book. <laughs> like, it's huge. He covers his life in office, his life after office, um, and so much happened during his time as president. Mm so it really is like a huge book but it covers like just so much of the pre-Trump years
0: <laughs> I think it's interesting as well maybe people are kind of very much comparative of it because just to see it's it's continued success throughout this this Christmas this Christmas period people are probably maybe looking back on that time in that time when he was in office in different ways in reflective ways that might be be a factor in it as well it's just so interesting to see how well it is doing
1: it is and there's also been a lot of discussion of the book on twitter and people have been kind of like taking pictures of pages and discussing things like um there was a quote about how he pretended to be interested in like certain philosophers or authors to impress girls at uni which is a bit awkward but you know <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it's uh it yeah look it's 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 still fascinating it's an interesting it's interesting that it is doing so well and i think you know it's it's fitting that the book is is uh you know particularly in this time of where of political charge that you know people are still taking interest in it and and this is more of a question that i kind of want to throw out to to probably i'll throw to you sam on this one because we've how how has the books been doing this year compared to you know normal non-covid times what are the books that have been doing well over this christmas
2: oh i think all books um have kind of become one of the key gifts you know this year um it was a great year for books in general um uh you know we had a lot of fantastic releases like trent dalton's new book all the shimmering skies as well so i think it it's really ended up being a kind of perfect storm of great book releases um and people you know even during covid looking for more forms of entertainment and and particularly books as well. The other thing that we saw from from earlier in the year with COVID was a lot of those major releases, those those great new books ended up being delayed um, and actually coming out later in the year much closer to Christmas than they were originally intended to. So I also think that that's um, part of the reason why it's been such an exciting time for books. Um, And you know at Barack Obama's one you know his memoir, it's, it's, it, it's, it is it's a political memoir, but people are always gonna be interested in, in him as a person, I think. It was interesting to me, the the rate of success and the fact that it, it is number one, just because of, it was a bit of a surprise announcement um, and fairly close to Christmas as well. So the fact that um, people have been picking it up straight away um, and making it that that number one book, according to, to Bookscan has been, um, I think that's a fantastic result. Um, and great timing, of course, (laughs) and it's only, it's only volume one, you know, there's, there's going to be a second one, um, and the, the cool thing about it for me is, um, uh, if you want to listen to his dulcet tones, you can, because he narrates (laughs) the audiobook himself. That would be Um, amazing. (laughs) I think that's, I think that's really fantastic, that you can listen to him tell his own story, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting year, and you know what, um, if you're a reader, it, it's really, it could be a better Christmas, I think. I'll be looking under the tree, that's for
3: sure.
1: Going off what you said, Sam, I think he announced the book in, like, the very start of the election campaign or something. Like, it was a time where everyone's eyes were sort of on America and how the two candidates would go. And then Obama was like, my book's coming out.
3: So yeah. yeah,
2: it a bit like, oh, surprise. <laughs> definitely a bit show-stopping
0: you've made me now want to pick up the audio book because he's such an eloquent speaker. And I know that his beautiful dulcet tones would, uh, his ability to speak would is just incredible. Um, but yeah, it's, look, it's a fascinating time in book sales, um, especially over, over this Christmas period. And it's interesting to see the books that people are gravitating towards.
2: Yeah, That's what I reckon's book, you know, went off as well. That um, that was another sort of COVID I guess, you know, he had all those videos. I enjoyed them, you know, myself. I love you know, watching his funny videos. Um, So, yeah, really pleasing to see that his book that came out just in time for Christmas. um, You know, I've I've seen that one. um, That one really went gangbusters from what I could see. He has a lot of fans. Good on him.
1: That was a big surprise. And I've actually got a copy of it waiting for me on my desk in one of those present boxes, I think. But um, yeah, I think it just really exemplifies what Sam was saying where this year has been so different and so unique in COVID and just people buying habits and watching habits that it's let um, bestsellers shine that maybe would not have traditionally, but yeah, like from that TV shows and like shorts on YouTube and Instagram, you really get a sense of his sense of humor, and I'm looking forward to finding out more about him in the book. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's it goes to show it's been a it, it's been a crazy year, and to see you know those those books do do well, it kind of reiterates that you know even in the age of of, of technology that we're in, there are some things that'll just never go out of style, and and books are one of them. Um, there's that that connection with it is so fantastic. Awesome. Um, So that's our only main kind of news point for this week. But we'll dive in now to the books that we are reading and enjoying. And I'm going to throw to you, Renee, um, first in this particular regard. Um, What have you been uh, enjoying over the last few months?
3: So one of the books I want to talk about that I've been enjoying over the last week is a book called Just Ignore Him which is a memoir by British comedian and actor, Alan Davies. So some people might know him from QI or from Jonathan Creek. That's where I knew him from. And he basically retells stories from his childhood. And he does it with such a clarity and a childlike innocence as well as a bit of absurdity, um, which makes this novel really compelling. And Davies' memoir, he kind of revisits some trauma from his childhood. So he lost his mum to leukemia when he was just six years old. And then he suffered abuse at the hands of his father quite soon after which is quite surprising for people that know him as this public figure and he never really talks about these kind of things in his stand-up or in any interviews he never heard about this prior to the book coming out and basically the most of the story takes place in the 1970s when David is quite young and it explores sexuality sibling rivalry and this humiliating points where he has kind of accidents that occurred due to this abuse he suffered. And he makes connections between these events over 40 years after they happen. And he kind of uses humour to soften the blow, which is quite an interesting way to kind of retell and reveal this trauma with such a comedic voice. It's really unique and it's, it, it makes it very interesting and kind of shows the complexity of Alan Davies' character and his, his humour itself. And um, he also kind of gives a voice to the voicelessness he experienced when he was a child going through this. And I think the story in itself, the aim of it was to tell a story to kind of encourage other people to be able to tell their stories and not feel that um, you can't speak about these things anymore. It kind of just gives people these other dimensions and a bigger understanding of the resilience that people can have. So it really is a truly fantastic read.
0: Yeah, I've heard. Like, I'm a big fan of 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 Alan Davis, and I think his, like, and we always similar to you. I I grew up with a lot of you know Jonathan Creek and and all of and you know QI, and he was always you always like he he puts up such a uh, such a great front in terms of how he presents himself as a comedian, his style of humor, being that kind of self deprecating but also really witty and funny. And I was so surprised when I heard about this book. Yeah. And,
3: Definitely, I was I was in the same position. I think it's it's true for a lot of comedians. They kind of come from, you know, these traumatic pasts or like these these difficulties that they don't they don't show in any of their um, work. But it kind of once you hear these stories, it kind of helps you piece together exactly how their comedy works or how it kind of manifests itself in in how you see them now, which is really really interesting
0: yeah yeah it is it is um it's it's so fascinating that how people can often use that 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 world of comedy to actually kind of you know hide or you or manage uh severe personal pain but yeah fantastic yeah
3: definitely mm. um i also dipped into matthew mcconaughey's green lights after i actually i heard him on the joe rogan podcast
0: all right all right, all right. <laughs> 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 can you Can't help an audiobook
3: yourself. for that one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could. I think I'd be so distracted by Matthew McConaughey's voice that I wouldn't be able to focus.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a captivating voice. So you get transported to some places with that voice. <laughs> uh,
3: you definitely, definitely do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's also a, a great read for a different reason. He had a very um, interesting upbringing as well. Like, his family unit was quite a quite a unique one in that they were, they were very supportive and very sharing and, and, um, it kind of gave him the platform to be confident and very vocal and kind of take opportunities as they come and, and really be a driving force for his own success. So that one's also a great nonfiction title to read.
0: I'm loving the, the theme coming through here. You're, you're looking at like that bio biography, autobiography space
3: yes it's very odd for me because i'm always contemporary fiction i've always been contemporary fiction and then for some reason i've kind of diverted myself
0: awesome that's good picks um they're great picks renee i love it and i love that you're in that kind of space of of reflection and, and looking at what other people have been doing in their lives awesome um. All right. I'll throw over to Sam. Uh. Now, in terms of uh. What have you been reading? And I'm very curious to hear because every time you <laughs> you are on the podcast, you throw out something that is completely left field that I would not expect. What have you been reading over the <laughs> last few weeks?
2: Um. I guess I don't think it'll be too left field today. At least. Um, at least not for me. Um. Yeah. Look. I. I. I guess I was a bit of a reading slump for for a little while. Um. But I broke out of it because, and I've spoken about this particular author before, I've previously mentioned um, Martha Wells's book, All Systems Red, which is the first book in the Murderbot Diaries series. And I read that a little while ago, like very, you know, very much earlier on in the year. Um, And I ended up buying um, the box set of the series, which is four novellas and uh, a full length novel. three novellas and a full-length novel. I'm messing up my maths now but it is a section, is a collection of novellas and a full-length novel in the Murderbot Diaries series and as soon as I got that I sat down and read it and then when I finished it I started it again, pretty much straight away. I had to keep going. Um, I just could not get enough. Um, So Renee, if if, you know, and Cass, if uh, I'll let you, I'll let you in on this one. The Murderbot Diaries uh, is a Science fiction series set in the not too distant future, uh, where the main character Murderbot um, is a, a Sec unit, which is kind of a human robot hybrid whose job is to provide security. Um, they're basically owned by companies, um, but this particular Sec unit has hacked their own code and they've freed themselves from the shackles of their, you know, corporate slave masters. Basically. Um, and it's their journey and, you know, this is a, this is a, a, a being discovering themselves, discovering their personhood, who, you know, is on the run from the company that owns them and, um, really just wants to, you know, watch soap operas and dramas and just be left alone. Um, but, uh, you know, along the way they meet some people, um, they learn more about themselves, they make friends, um, and I just, I vibe this series so hard. I vibe it so hard, guys. It's, you know, um, you know, dealing with emotions, you know, <laughs> that they're learning along the way. Um, doesn't like to be touched. So dealing with dealing with kind Isn't of you know, human interaction and all the humans who are, you know. I'm relating just, to this uh, too much, Sam. i <laughs> 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 relating to it way too much. people. <laughs> we're all murderers um, on the inside. <laughs> found family, like lots and lots of found family, lots and lots of um, sarca- sarcasm, great action, um, and just a really cool setting. I'm really fascinated by the world that Martha Wells has created where you have this dichotomy of this super corporate future, where you have planets that are owned by corporations, where you have people who indenture themselves for their entire lives. And on the other hand, you have um, planets that were able to um, sort of free themselves from that or separate themselves from that, their independence, um, who, who kind of live in, um, um, I guess a society where everyone takes care of themselves. You know, it's unthinkable to pay for something like food or water that you need to live. Everyone just supports each other. Um, So it's a really interesting, um, yeah, future, I guess, that she's, she's theorized there. And the best part is she doesn't bog you down in trying to explain how things work. I don't care why the wormhole works, guys. I just want to know you've gone through it. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, I feel like there's two types of science fiction. There's probably several more, but there's this type of science fiction that wants you to know that they've thought about how exactly it's going to work and they'll spend chapters basically taking you through that. I don't want that. Um, Martha just says, this is the world. That's how it works. Moving on, you know, get me straight to the action. Um, I yeah, feel so like I series thing, as I mentioned, <laughs> yeah,
1: like, um, I think we have spoken about this before but like you know Mm -hmm. how some fantasy books have like very elaborate maps at the front and they'll talk in detail about the setting and stuff but because I don't picture
3: yeah
1: like what I'm reading in my head while I read like yeah I kind of don't pay attention to it and it sort of all just occurs in the same space to me
2: (laughs) exactly (laughs) yes I just Um, just feel like sometimes it just slows it down a bit
1: it does Um, um I also wanted to say even though I haven't read it I know you and Joel have both like Lovingly recommended. Joel Murderbot. loves it too. I have recommended Murderbot to so many people, despite not having read it. <laughs> I'm recommending <laughs> it to people on Tinder. And all. It's like, oh, what books should I read? And I'm like, what kind of books do you like? You might like Murderbot, or like The Witcher, or a bunch of other things. It's
2: it's so good, and I love that it's you know it starts with novellas because it gives you a little snapshot into into this world and into this, into this character. Um, and you know it it helped me get back into um reading i think because i found a novella you know a little bit less um uh you know of a barrier i guess like oh now um but uh while i finish the series and very exciting news the next one's coming out in april so i just have to wait until
0: then oh way jeez and you'll be you i i When it does come out, I'll make a note in my diary just to not disturb you in any way, shape, or form because even when, like, we're supposed to be working, (laughs) you'll just be like, nope, priorities. (laughs) Same.
2: What if we do,
1: like, a little (laughs) read-along? Yeah. Like, I can read it for the first time and you can reread it for, like, the eighth time and the new one comes out.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, so because of that, I guess it broke me out um, a little bit and I started reading a book on my TBR pile that I've been meaning to read for ages. Um, which was The Binding um, Ah. which is a fantasy book that came out I think it was earlier in the year or maybe last year Um, it's an adult fantasy and it's really really fascinating Um, have either of you guys read it Have have anyone here read it
1: I think I've got it and there's a sequel is that right or the author's released a new book called The Betrayals I think
2: the authors yeah. released a new book, The Betrayals, but I don't think they're connected.
1: No, I think the cover just looks like quite similar yeah. style, but
2: it's a beautiful but the cover. cover. Yeah, the covers are beautiful. Yeah, like all deep colours and foil goodness. Um, but yeah, no, it a, Yeah, I, I picked it up and it's it's really interesting to me because it's about uh, books, obviously, <laughs> um, and it's about this person who basically gets uh, contracted to work for a bookbinder um, and discovers that, yeah, they, they bind memories and um, that they're, they're, they eventually find a book of their own. So they sort of discover that, okay, it's a missing piece of my life that I've forgotten. Um, and I thought it was really well written like that this, this whole world where people don't use books because books are dangerous, because you, you can bind memories into them. Um, I really liked that it was first-person kind of perspectives of sort of two key characters. Um, you get a real sense of who they are and the world that they live in. It was really good, um, I guess, lead-up to the, the core action and, and core twist, but it wasn't like it came out of nowhere. I think the author did a really good job of just kind of laying the groundwork, you know, for the big reveal. Um, and that's really important to me because I think that, you should feel a sense of satisfaction when you get to a twist or a reveal that yes that makes sense or oh yeah I, I kind of predicted that i think if it comes out of nowhere you sort of question its validity a bit um mm. so there's just good i feel like it's the author does a really good job when they just lay a couple of hints without giving it away um and it's just—it was fascinating to me because yeah, it's—it's it's a world we recognise. The only kind of difference really is that there's this one element of of magic, which is the the books. Um, but I quite enjoyed it, uh, and I would definitely recommend that one to anyone who loves a a, a good uh, fantasy or speculative read. It's
0: a pity that Mark's not on the podcast because I know that with those with those all of your selections, he would have just mm-hmm. been going. Oh, okay. Oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> Any mention of Murderbot, he he, he <laughs> sings its praises quite a bit, and I know that you know uh, yeah. he would be a sucker for anything uh, like the binding. Um, but yeah, who, but who, was,
2: who have I got to um? Who have I got to harass on Twitter to make it a Netflix series? Like <laughs> probably just
1: boss of Netflix, Mister Netflix, yeah. make this a thing. I
0: think his name's Bill. Yeah, Bill. Bill <laughs> Netflix. Bill Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, Bill, you, you, just just get him, just get him, just have a chat to him, just be like, yo, can you do it? And he'll just be like, okay. And then. <laughs> yeah. If, if only it was that easy. I hope so. One day, <laughs> one day. <laughs> Those are amazing picks, Sam. Thanks so much. Um, Cass, what have, uh, what have you been reading um, as of late?
1: Hello. Well, going off what Sam just talked about in terms of a book that's for people who love books, um, I read Pages and Cove which is by Anna James and it's a middle grade book and it's just, it's delightful. It's for people who love stories, who love books, who love bookshops. Um, It's about this girl named Tilly and she lives with her grandparents and they also run a bookshop called Pages & Co. And her life kind of gets turned upside down when she finds that characters from her favourite book are coming out of the book and she's trying to solve a mystery. And she meets a boy named Oliver and they become friends and it's just, it's really sweet and it's beautifully written and yeah it's just a celebration of books and people who love reading and it's like even though we're in summer it's got the coziest atmosphere like you just want hot chocolate and to like curl up with a blanket and this book
3: it was gorgeous
1: highly recommend um and at the moment so i finished that um that got me out of my reading slump because i'm like i'll just read like three pages and then i end up at page 70 and i was like it's time to go to bed um what else? So at the moment, I broke my reading slump again because it comes back um, with a net galley arc. And it's called "Draw 62 Things in Nature and Make Them Cute by Kyung Kim. And it's a guide to doodling cute little natural things like seashells and rocks and trees and pears and all sorts of things. And Kyung gives you an example and a couple of ways to add some personality to your little doodles. And then... Um, with the printed book, since I have an e-copy, you can add your own on the other side and just mix it up like that. And as someone who does draw and who like puts a lot of pressure on myself to make it like really good, um, it just was a fun way to kind of break things up and like remove a lot of that pressure. Mm.
0: Um,
1: What else am I reading? I'm also reading another NetGalley art for Candy Hearts by Tommy Siebel. So, this... I feel like it would make more sense if I showed you a picture because you'll know the memes when I show you in the group chat in a sec. Um, but basically, this comic creator, he did a daily comic and one day he decided to use candy hearts um, as a way to express, like, people's inner feelings and stuff. And they've been memefied, but a lot of them are just, like, very relatable stuff about relationships. Um, and, yeah, I'm, like... Halfway through that, and I'm just bookmarking everything. I'm like, I want to talk about this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love. The, I'm just loving that you're all that. Like you're you're all you're doing this and you're doing that and you're doing everything. I, I'm also the place. <laughs> no, it's amazing. I love it, and I also love the theme that like similar to to the binding with Sam. You, you're, you're you're reading a book that also talks about books and the entire book process as well. It makes me laugh.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'll drop some of those in the chat so you know what I'm talking about. But it's by Tommy Siegel. It's coming out in February next year. Mm. And I think it's very much for people who are also fans of, like, um, what is it, the Strange Planet comics? Like those blue aliens and um, kind of those internet webtoons oh. that you can share with all your friends and relate to. And the last book I'm reading so that was in the Instagram post last week is Frostheart by Jamie Little. And this was another suggestion I got from the YouTube channel How to Train Your Gavin. So he's a bookseller who specializes in like recommending middle grade books. And this is one of his favorite books, and so it was Pages and Co. So I picked them up. And they are both really good. Um, Frostheart is about a boy named Ash, and he's kind of an outcast in his village, and he keeps getting passed from person to person to look after because his parents have passed away in mysterious circumstances, and he has an ability to sing that he's not allowed to use. And all that changes when he does use it and he sees a way out, but he's also trying to solve what happened to his parents. And he joins um they're kind of like a pirate crew on a massive sled and they're called the Pathfinders. And they go between these like isolated strongholds and they trade goods and stuff. And they're just a really cool cast of characters. And I love it very much. And it's illustrated. He did all of his own illustrations. I'm like, so jealous.
0: Cool. Oh, that sounds so cool. Just like all of the, I love that kind of creative space. We're, like some of the ideas that they're coming, that are coming through here are just amazing. Like, yeah. And you could totally see it as like about. a movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much, Cass. I, you, you, you've done it again. You guys have done it again. You've now like made my to be red pile go through the roof. It's in the attic now from the, from the ground floor. Yeah um (laughs) we try we try (laughs) it's uh yeah thanks guys i love these recommendations love them all right so we are now at that stage of the show where it is time to dust up your uh boxing book boxing gloves i guess and get ready for another episode of a book fight (laughs) (laughs) So, as always, um, we will, will require a buzzer from all three of you um, to dive in. And I'll throw to you first, Renee. What shall your buzzer be?
3: Well, traditionally, I'd always use a title of the book I shared. So I'm going to choose <laughs> Green Lights because just ignore him just seems a bit savage to everyone else if I scream <laughs> that out. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I like that. Um, Sam, what shall yours be?
2: Uh, I'll go with Murderbot. Love it. <laughs> um, that
1: okay. sounds very
3: aggressive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's here to win. Murderbot. Um, I will go with Frostheart then, since we're going with one word
0: titles. Oh, love it. So Green Lights, Murderbot, and Frostheart. Love them. Fantastic. We have our buzzers, we have our questions. Let's play a book fight. Question one Name the book with this opening line. It was a cold day, bright cold day in April rather, and the clocks were striking thirteen. Ooh. Oh. It's a very, very famous novel
3: oh.
0: <laughs> it get down in.
3: In, yeah. <laughs> Green lights
0: Green lights I'm pretty
3: sure I'm wrong. <laughs> is it is it 1984
0: It is 1984 correct. <laughs> Yes, it is by uh, by George Orwell. Very. I was I was I was about to be like yes, I'll give you some clues. It's a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, question question two. Stardust, Coraline, Good Omens, and Neverwhere are books by which famous author? Frosthart. Frosthart. Um, Neil Gaiman? Gaiman. It is Neil Gaiman. Sorry, Sam, I heard cast first. Uh, it is Neil Gaiman. Is the correct no, answer? No, that's fine. You did. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Question three: What is the name of the book in a song in the A Song of Ice and Fire series that George R.R. Martin is currently finishing? Motorbot. Yep. It's <laughs> <laughs> the way you said Motorbot so No, it's not a song of spring. A
2: song for spring.
0: No, it's not. A, it's not a song for spring.
2: You, oh no so. it's winds of winter hasn't, is, he hasn't released winds of winter yet
0: it is the winds of winter that is correct yes the winds of winter is the book that, i got ahead of uh, myself y- yeah I think everyone like,
2: wishes he was up to a song for spring
0: yeah it's oh yeah a song for spring a dream for spring it's always about spring whatever it is sure but it yeah. that one yeah but anyway uh, I, yeah thanks <laughs> if, look if only he was up to that one i agree um question four um, so currently, all all of you guys are on a point each, which makes me happy because it makes me realise that my questions are okay. Um, <laughs> question four: Which Weasley twin died in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows? cross George. Oh, I I heard I heard. Sorry, I heard Frost. I heard Frosthart first. What was your What was your answer? George. And you would be wrong, oh. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Three point up the grabs here. Who's first? I know, right? <laughs> who's, who's it was Fred. Up? It is Fred. That is correct. So Fred, unfortunately was the, uh, was the, was the, was the Weasley twin that died. Question five. Um, and this is for three points. Uh, name this author who I am and an extra two points are on offer. If you can name the author before I announce what the name of their first book You can do this. Don't worry. You got this. Who am I? And don't say Nick. Never gets old. I was born in New York City in 1986 before graduating from Hamilton College in Clinton, where I majored in creative writing and minored in religious studies. I began writing my first manuscript that would become my debut novel when I was 16, based on the story of Cinderella with the premise of, quote, what if Cinderella was not a servant, but an assassin? And what if she didn't attend the ball to meet the prince, but to kill him instead, end quote. I posted this on fictionpress.com where it became one of the most popular stories on the site in its history. Crossed heart. Yep.
1: I'm gonna give this a guess. Is this These Violent Delights by, is it Chloe Gong?
0: No, it's not, unfortunately, but you're you're kind of on the right track um, with the the, the genre, Um, but no, it is not her, unfortunately. Okay, eventually I finished this manuscript and in 2012, my debut novel, Throne of Glass, was released. I have since gone on to publish... Oh, my God, Um, Metabot. (laughs) Metabot, yep. (laughs) I got it, and I was like, I can't go again. (laughs) Is it Sarah J. Mass? It is Sarah J. Mass, correct. Yay! (laughs) That's three points to you. Well done. Um, So we have two questions left uh, uh, after this, including this question here. And currently, Cass is on one point, Renee is on one point, Sam is way ahead on five. But don't worry, guys, you have the chance to to crawl back with this particular question right here. Question six. For four points, name this book and author. From sibling dynamics to his voiceless, misunderstood progression through school, sexuality, and humiliating accidents, blank. Yeah,
3: green light.
0: Yep. Green. Green light.
3: Just ignore him, Alan. D'Angelo. Yes, it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and before you and before you ask, yes, that was. This is completely coincidental. <laughs>
1: Renee's stuffed books fight from
3: the inside. How <laughs> swear, purely coincidence. Nick confirmed it. Is, it is
0: <laughs> swearly, I, I swear, purely coincidence. I swear. When you started talking about this, I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Renee's a chance to win. <laughs> it's the chance to win. <laughs> okay. And lastly, we get to our last question. Currently, Renee is on five points. Sam is on five points. Cass is on one point. Sorry, Cass.
3: That's um, okay.
0: For a second, last... I thought
1: you were going to say the last question is what is Renee currently reading because she didn't tell us. I was like, how would we know? <laughs> <laughs> that
0: would be a bit cruel, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> question uh, seven. On Booktopia's, face, on Booktopia's page, what is currently the highest selling crime fiction bestseller?
1: Uh... <laughs> uh, Trust Heart.
0: Yep. Is it The My Survivors? Heart? It's not no, it's not the survivors. But you're but you're very you are so close. It's not the survivors. Um Sam. Green you, you, lights. Oh sorry.
3: <laughs> sorry,
0: I don't know who was first.
3: Ah It was Sam.
0: <laughs> it was Sam. Sam.
3: Um
2: I was gonna say is it the Sentinel?
0: No, it's not the Sentinel either. It is not the Sentinel. Green um, Yep.
3: Is it the law of innocence?
0: no it's not the law of innocence either <laughs> um, okay i'll give you a close i'll get it's it's it- Cass was the closest like she was so close in terms of the answer
2: oh metabot yep is it the dry it is the dry the, the movie Correct.
0: time it is it, it, it's well <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the answer was, in fact, it wasn't uh, The Survivors by Jane Harper. That's casually falling in at number three. Clearly not doing well enough. Um, But no, in fact, Jane Harper's The Dry uh, is currently at number one as of right now on our crime fiction breastsellers. And that brings us to the end of Book Fight. And look at the scores. And oh, my goodness gracious me. Cass, uh, you finished with one point. Renee with five points. And Sam, you just went ahead with six points. Congratulations. Wow. Well done to to Sam breaking out of the rut with Murderbots and killing it all the way. Thanks. Yeah, (laughs)
2: Murderbots,
0: Murderbot Murderbot help. Murderbot is the solution to everything. It's established. It's a perfect recommendation. It wins your quizzes. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And it's got a new one coming out in April next year. Oh. So that will bring us to the end of The Weekend Booktopian. Um, Thank you so much, Renee, Sam and Cass for coming on. It has been an absolute pleasure as always. So thank you very much, guys.
3: Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, So that will bring us to the end of The Weekend Booktopian, not just for this week, but for the year. We'll be taking uh, a few weeks off over the Christmas break, uh, but we'll be back better than ever, um, in early January uh, next year. Uh, the Weekend booktopian was produced by myself, Nick Vasiliev, and you can check out a wide variety of episodes, um, or, or author discussion pieces, book analysis pieces, and more on our Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud channels. Um, and you can check out our most recent discussion podcast around the best books of 2020. Alternatively, if you're listening to this on YouTube, be sure to check out our most recent Booktopia TV live events where we sat down with the likes of Rhonda Byrne and Trent Dalton most recently. Um, so that'll bring us to the end of this episode for the Weekend Booktopian. Thanks for listening. Never stop reading and have a happy Christmas and New Year. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget,